This is Leaders Who Scale, and I'm Jeff Siegel. I've worked with thousands of companies over the years, and I'm fascinated by seeing how many of them grow and scale. Join me as we learn from the leaders of growing companies and share that knowledge. Leaders Who Scale is sponsored by Siegel Solutions, providing world-class accounting, advisory, and QuickBooks and Acumatica Cloud ERP services. Today's guest is a leader and entrepreneur. He has failed more times without going bankrupt than he can count. He's led his company to 50% revenue growth in the last six years. His team navigated the pandemic without laying off a single team member. He's actually challenging his company to open three more stores in the next five years. And he's developed organizational structure and centralized the operation. And now currently he's preparing for his next challenge of opening a new store that's three times the normal footprint after renovating an old movie theater. He's a huge nerd. I wanna welcome the vice president of Quality Home, a Texas-based retailer that sells furniture and home furnishings. Welcome, Jordan Barrick. Welcome. Hey, Jeff, thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm glad you're here. Uh, this this is exciting. I was, I'm looking forward to um, this podcast. You know, most of the people I've spoken to before, uh, they haven't really been in the retail side, a lot of services, a lot of landscapers. And so it's, it's, a, it's, uh, it'll be interested to hear, um, how you're scaling your company. And so the biggest, uh, thing I always ask is what is your most, your biggest challenge, uh, for, for scaling, um, quality home? I think it, we said it in the beginning, um, just the amount of failures that have happened, um, without without uh, uh, going bankrupt in the process. And so launching new endeavors, um, I've had a lot of opportunity to um, try different things. Thankfully, in the position that I'm at, uh, the uh, founder and CEO currently uh, basically went through the same process when he started it, uh, almost ran the business in the ground, ready to take the uh, keys and hand it back over uh, to who he bought them from. And so he set a really good model uh, kind of that we have permission to screw up. Uh, as long as we don't, you know, go out of business in the process, we got a lot of people to uh, uh, to make sure that we're leading well and, and responsible for. So, um, yeah, that's that's the biggest thing: dealing with failure, keeping the uh, momentum, even if you are failing in different business segments, uh, and handling conflict well. I think that's probably the number one thing for me. So, I mean, how do you actually go about doing that? Like you said, you failed many times, so. Um... You know, how do you keep on getting back on that that horse? I guess uh, what drives you? Well, I think um, for me, uh, trying to make sure that I count the cost before I go into any endeavor. Uh, some of it, it's where I mean, we're a fairly small company at the at the moment. We've had some growth, but being able to uh, look at how much this is going to cost, cash strapping, and and making sure that you are. Uh, looking at this as cheap as possible. And, and I'm very, very honest with any vendor I'm working with uh, asking for uh, help or how, how we can launch a new endeavor. I think one of the big things you know, for us retail, long before the pandemic, I was trying to get into e-commerce. I, I kind of got brought in um, from retail, uh, working for another retailer. Uh, my father-in-law actually took me out to dinner and said, hey, you're, you're working in this other retail. I, I have retail. You should come work here and we can start going after a uh, website and start going after different uh, tactics. Lo and behold, I didn't know he was kind of gearing me up to, to step in and lead uh, the company over time. But at that moment, I just wanted to see what can we do with e-commerce? Um, so we started trying to do what everybody does and go to Amazon and start selling products on there. Um, had everything set up through UPS and some really, really good uh, software and tech. Um, we were pretty forward thinking and I went from making three grand and feeling really good about myself uh, in then 72 hours. I had lost all of that because the freight rates weren't right. And we, yeah. so it was complete loss of $3,000. So uh, just complete reversal. Um, tried during the pandemic, tried to launch a, uh, an online mattress brand uh, where we, uh, you buy a mattress, we donate a mattress, really mm -hmm. fun concept, loved it. It's obviously been tried and is out there. Um, and yeah, that totally did not work. Uh, and so just trying to look at new and different ideas, test them, uh, prepare yourself, put all of your energy that you have, uh, whatever capacity you have extra, and then don't uh, don't 
don't lose your confidence in the process when it doesn't work because uh, it's just not going to work all the time. Yeah, no, that, that's true. I mean, but the things that will do work, I think will take off. So, you know, the goal is to have those ones take off a lot more than the, the failures. Um, that's the hope. <laughs> yeah. So you, you currently have two stores. You want to open, uh, you have five stores in the next five years. It sounds like, and you're, you getting ready to open a, a third. Is that? So we're, uh, we're actually closing down one to transition over to this store. So this, this okay. is the first, uh, we, we have an offsite warehouse. We were able to move all of our operations for warehouse, uh, to that location. Um, and where we're trying to go with this building, this is a, a real estate play. Um, we own the property as well as the area around it. Uh, want to be able to develop that. That's kind of a separate, uh, separate company that we founded uh, to be able to do that. The, uh, the retail operation itself, we're going from, I've got a store in furniture that's fairly small. It's about 15,000 square feet. And I've got 2000 of that eaten up in uh, offices already. Uh, so where we're going to this new building is 38,000. And so I've got 8,000 feet upstairs that we're going to be um, putting for our corporate offices and downstairs is going to be a full 31 uh, or sorry, 30 and, and eight. But um, we want to be able to create quite quite the flagship. And we've been in remodel since since the day after Christmas. Um, and now, like everybody, I'm waiting on uh, chips and things like that for diff to make our elevator work and other stuff that I never thought I would be dealing with um, as a very, very small retailer growing into slightly less small retailer. Um, but the, uh, the biggest thing, I mean, for, for example, one of the things uh, right now, typically in our industry, uh, so we're home furnishings, we're also a finance company uh, doing just basic installment loans for, for clients. Um, we have a mechanism for our people to finance where everyone's approved for something and we don't charge a lot of interest um, and try to just work with uh, low to medium credit uh, clients. And then we have obviously traditional finance like you would see in other retailers. But um, the, the biggest challenge uh, that we're seeing right now is we weren't expecting the uh, kind of recession era to come back with a force uh, starting around March. Typically in our industry, uh, when you're doing a store move, you throw up a couple of signs and say, hey, we're moving. And then people just really get excited about that. And we mark everything down and it works. Well, we put up signs, marked everything down and nobody came by and we're in the messy middle right now um, getting ready. So uh, divided attention between two major projects. Uh, really learning on the job as fast as I can um, <clears throat> and asking people questions that I know that have gone before me, uh, either in a performance group or uh, anybody I can get my hands on just to, to say, hey, can you meet with me and explain how do you do, you know, your part of commercial real estate so, yeah. uh, or whatever is going on for the day-to-day -day challenges. Um, I think in the entrepreneurial space, being able to be shameless and ask people for their time, as long as you're kind and tell the truth and um, buy them a cup of coffee or lunch, you, you can, you can get pretty far. I mean, I, I find entrepreneurs do generally want to help each other because we're all in the same boat, regardless of the industry or the business. Yeah. I, I was going to ask you later on, like, do you, who do you go to or where do you go for some of that advice? Whether it's a mentor or, um, you know, I'm part of EO entrepreneurs organization. So I, I meet with other business owners on a monthly basis, but do you have do you have a place you go to be you know just friends family just yeah yeah so uh so a number of years ago um i was really freaked out because my my father-in-law had had went and got himself elected mayor uh of uh, the city of mesquite and kind of threw the keys at me without telling me and i went i don't know what i'm doing sir i uh <laughs> i had basically given myself the title of vice president at that point because we had no hierarchy or structure there was one guy on top and everybody kind of just did everything uh so at that moment i went i i've got to figure this out i've got to learn some things uh on the job so i uh looked into uh, uh the entree leadership program there's a book entree leadership written by dave ramsey about 20 years ago, uh, one of your other guests talked about it. It's really, uh, really funny because I, I went to one of those uh, conferences, joined up with a mastermind group. So we have a, a monthly meeting. Uh, that's really helpful because it's people outside your industry. I also uh, sought out um, and found a group that I could belong to uh, uh, in our industry that was a performance group. 
gather a couple of times a year, compare metrics. Uh, it really helps seeing what these much, much larger companies uh, tend to many, many times multiplier size of ours um, are doing with their numbers. What are they looking at? What are they benchmarking? Um, and then trying to make my numbers match as far as format wise uh, and compare percentages. So these guys are, have been uh, incredibly helpful, uh, but it took a lot. It took me a couple of years um, to be able to get into that. I had to really go to industry events and meet with these guys and, and make sure they knew that I wasn't going to uh, you know, take this data and play around with it or try to use it against them. If I have somebody that's literally 50 miles from me uh, that's become extremely close friends uh, that we compare our industry numbers, uh, which is in our industry pretty close. A lot of the home furnishings industry wants to, you know, not not share with anybody that's in a tri-state area. Um, so uh, it, it's been really, really good there. And, you know, I'm a we're a faith-based company, so I just started reading uh, reading the Bible and Proverbs and reading through like what wisdom can I find for how to run this run this business well uh, from in the industry, outside the industry, from my faith background, from who's doing it right. Um, and anybody, you know, the, some of the best advice I was given early on was just just ask. Worst case, worst case they're going to say no, and that's fine. And you may get some doors shut in your face. And it's not about sales; it's about on this process. It's just about sending a message and saying, Hey, could I please do this? If they say no, no problem or what yeah. have you. No, that, that's good advice. And like I said earlier, like entrepreneurs typically want to help each other, yeah. you know, cause it's that camaraderie. It's like we're all in the same boat together, um, go through the same issues, whether it's hiring, financing, you know, supply chain, like all that stuff. Um, so I was going to ask you, so the company, the actual home furnishing business started in what, 75, I think, 1975. That's correct. It, yeah. How was it when you came, how long have you been in and how, what was that like coming in um, to this organization that had been around for a number of years and having to make changes and, and that sort of thing? Yeah, <laughs> that's really good. So uh, yeah, 1975 was founded as a rent to own company. It was bought, uh, uh, by my father-in-law. Actually, what, what's crazy is his uh, his parents bought it uh, and said, hey, son, you need to come run this thing. We don't have anyone to run it. And he was like, he was working in HR for a really large company at the time in the 80s and uh, was doing great. And he's like, I don't want to do that. Uh, so he, he, out of familial obligation and character, I guess, went and did it uh, right, wrong or otherwise. And then he stuck with it for uh, now 34, 35 years. Um, no, 36 years now. So, uh, really interesting to see, uh, that kind of, um, dedication to something that you didn't even want to do in the first place. Uh, so I've been with a company since 2011, uh, married my wife about six months later. Uh, I got asked to, to come on board. Um, one of the things that was really interesting, you know, I, I came from, uh, working at, at GameStop and, uh, working my way up there was going to go corporate and, uh, that was my kind of goals. And, and I learned so many things about running small ticket retail, uh, benchmarks, looking at um, making sure that I'm uh, getting all of my uh, people in the right place, trying to hit our numbers in a small ticket retail in rough markets um, with basically teenagers uh, and some people in the, the early 20s, maybe, maybe. Uh, but trying to run that with really limited resources uh, and figuring that out and having a lot of fun doing it, I learned more about business at GameStop than I thought. And I'm a big nerd, and I thought it would be, you know, learn about video games. Nope, very little about video games. It's very much they are a hard driving retailer, or they were at the time. Uh, and I've been out of that for a long time. But but uh, so about a decade, eleven years um, working in this, um, about eight years in leadership. And um, it, it's been interesting trying to walk into an organization that at the time was on DOS-based system, uh, right. was completely decentralized, uh, had people there that I was now um, coaching and training and developing that were way older than me. And I was, I guess, 22, 23 at the time um, and trying to figure this out without being disrespectful to the people that, you know, got us here. Uh, but also trying to challenge and grow and encourage those uh, team members and leaders that we had in, in there to to move to the next level. And, and we've got to change uh, in certain aspects. 
So it was, uh, you know, launching new software to, to centralize our operation, uh, being able to get out of the DOS based system, which was super robust. No one was ever hacking it, but it sure didn't do much, uh, for what we needed to do other than our lending. Um, so it, it, it's been uh, quite a wild ride. Uh, and we've had, I've had to learn on the job quite regularly how to handle conflict, lean into it, not run away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's been, that's probably been the the biggest lesson so far. What is the, um, your management team like? Um, do, you, do you have some of the people who have been there for years or do you have a whole new, over the last, since you've been there? Have you, um, good question. New people just, yeah. Yes. Uh, great question. So I have, uh, We've started to build this team over the last few years. Uh, my leadership team, uh, I've got a warehouse and distribution manager that uh, has been here a few years. He came from a much, much bigger organization uh, and we are so lucky to have him. Uh, I have two store managers currently. Uh, I have my business support manager and who handles uh, accounts payable, receivable, and actually uh, has started taking on customer service for a little while. And so we can transition and branch that off. I have a finance manager. He's been with us for 20 years or 20 plus years. Um, and then I have an e-commerce manager we just put in place in marketing. He's He handles online advertising and e-commerce. Uh, currently, it's too many reporting direct to me. So we're trying to branch that out and start developing leadership there. My father-in-law and myself uh, are in the executive role, um, but we also have my wife is a part of the business. She does payroll and tax. So she's She's part-time, so she'll come in and kind of uh, try to help us um, mediate whenever uh, one of us is not explaining something correctly and the other one's not picking up what the other one's putting down uh, between my father-in-law and I. But most of the time, we've gotten to a good place where we can argue and sometimes passionately, but uh, still be able to uh, move the ball forward and be respectful of one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's kind of the, the skeleton of the leadership part. Um, but as we look at this new endeavor and where we're going, we have to continue to add branches uh and promote and we're currently looking for someone who can maybe run this store so i can promote one of my uh, store managers to a, a general manager type level and, and do you as a management team or you have a lot of players do you actually meet is there a is there a rhythm to how you strategize or meet if it's a regular base or not or like how what's that look like because it sounds like you had a lot going on you've got this renovation uh, where and you're moving the store into this new place. Um, sounds like I, will you be closing down where it's coming from, or is that going to stay? Yes, I uh, thank the good Lord we're closing that down because the uh, shopping center that it's in that we have been in since 1975 mm-hmm. has had uh, <laughs> very little, uh, very little done to it. So we've had to do most of our own renovation on someone else's building, uh, and it's been very frustrating. And pretty much all the tenants have left currently. So. Uh, it's the darkest before the dawn is where we're feeling right now. We've got nobody else to share that shopping center with right now. Currently, uh, the uh, I mean, there's there's a couple of retailers I should say uh, that are over on the far end, but it's a big center, and so we sure feel alone. Um, the uh, we meet every week, uh, have our uh, weekly meeting. Um, I try to run that extremely um, diligently, based off of uh, Patrick Lencioni's book, Death by Meeting. Uh-huh. Um, and really try to make sure that I'm valuing our people's time. We start on time, end on time. Um, and then I also try to have, not try, I have, I have regular meetings with my leaders. I actually was having a, uh, a challenging call this last week because I really feel like um, one of the things that's that's been most challenged in my divided time, the building is 10 minutes away. Um, so I don't really have a ton of commute time that I can have conversations mm-hmm. or have meetings on the go. And I'm constantly being uh, having to go up there and, you know, we had somebody install the internet in the fiber internet improperly yesterday. Uh, so I had to get up there and be like, no, 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 that's not where it goes. Why, why did you even get in here? Um, so just simple, but small, but very important things that are happening, uh, have been killing my time with my leaders. So I started talking to some of my other peers yesterday in one of my mastermind groups being like, Hey guys, I really feel like I'm letting these guys down. What do I, uh, you know, what do I do here? I don't want to uh, rob my people of the time that they need. And I got some really good advice of just saying like, hey, sometimes as, as leaders, we put put too much emphasis on ourselves. They may not need that much time of you. 
You also may need to shift those times to 15 to 30 minute spots, depending on the leader. If they're a seasoned leader and they don't need as much, go for it. If they're a new leader, they need a little bit more time, go for it. Uh, and another guy, I, I said, uh, you know, what my takeaway was that I was just going to have to look at my calendar. And he's like, leaders don't get to say I just. And I was like, oh, you're so right. He's like, <laughs> what are you actually going to do? And I was like, you're totally right. I'm going to sit with my calendar. I'm going to change this, change a couple of things. Try to make sure that I have not try, try. I'm going to make sure that I have uh, time available for those people. And one of the things that evolved from this whole thing is in the midst of all these challenges, I've been running around. Uh, the CEO and I have been battling back and forth all of these things to try to drive sales, keep our stores open while pushing this new endeavor. And didn't realize some of these people that I brought in from other companies that are very valuable uh, players that are seasoned players they're starting to think they're going to get laid off just because their sales are down oh. and they're struggling. I'm going, Oh my gosh, I, I violated the cardinal rule of where there is no vision that people perish. My people think they're filling in blanks that, that I haven't said anything about. So uh -huh. uh, just leaned into that immediately to say, Hey guys, nobody's getting laid off. I may change who I'm hiring in the new store, but I'm not, I'm not getting rid of the people that helped me get here. Uh, so we're, we're not even close to thinking about that. We just got to move forward. And yes, it sucks right now, but we have an opportunity to move forward and we got to stay the course. Yeah. So sometimes even my own momentum that I, that I keep for myself, you've got to, you've got to share that with your team to make sure they know we're going places. Are, are you coming with me? Yeah, no, that's great advice. Um, yeah, because we get caught up in our own vision and what we're doing. And, and, and like you just said, sometimes we don't let our, our team know especially with changes and even hiring like you know somebody you know am i going to lose my job is someone going to be hired that i have to report to you know instead of going directly to jordan you know there's so there's a lot of stuff that starts to happen at that point um so no, that's yeah um another question i was going to ask so you have this challenge to open um you know have five stores right in the next um five years i think right so you'll have you'll have you have two and you'll stay with two right now because you're what i always you know everybody wants to scale and i've actually never asked this question before but what drives you to want to have five stores or or why not just like hey we have two great stores and we're just gonna like keep going with it financing or maybe we add more products so it's yeah it's not yeah it's I, just to the root of why do you want to scale in the first place yeah, that's uh, it's a really good question. Um, for me, some of it's some of it's simple stuff like when you have more more stores in a market in our industry, not not super close uh, to where you're bastardizing your own market, but like when you're able to put uh, multiple stores in your market, your marketing is a lot easier. Your budgets uh, become a little bit easier because you can really hit one market and uh, saturate for multiple store growth. Um, I I came from that mindset, and I guess I was trained up in it through GameStop of grow, scale, develop talent, uh, open new stores. If you're not growing, you're dying. Um, and that's not always uh, the important thing. It's growth for growth's sake is not always wise if you're uh, not building a good foundation. Um, I, I want to be able to build more opportunities for myself and my team. Mm -hmm. um, you know, being able to have that uh, growth and see what can we do. Um, but I'll tell you what, when I looked at my, I look at my performance group and I see people on there and these are really good friends of mine. Uh, I'm really competitive. I'm not competitive in like a lot of things, uh, but I'm extremely competitive when I see those numbers and I go, Oh, I want to get that number down or, Oh, I want to, I, you know, we've been the bottom of our performance group as far as scale and size mm -hmm. the entire time. So I'm looking at the next guy going, okay, how do I, how do I get ahead of that? How do I boost a little bit further? Uh, and I think it's a healthy competition where we're, we're spurring each other on to be better. Uh, and I guess I was talking to somebody else about this recently that asked me a similar question. I want to finish well. Um, I'm 34. I've got two kids, love my wife, love my life, uh, and have gone through some pretty pretty challenging times, uh, as a kid through, through abuse and struggle and, um, had to do a lot of counseling through the pandemic to, to really work through that. And I'm a pretty open book. Uh, but I, I want to look at, say I, I go do something else. So mm -hmm. 
right now, um, you know, the plan is to, you know, over the next three to five years, take over uh, leadership of the company. Uh, CEO wants to to be off doing other things. Totally get that uh, and retire. I want to either lead this thing well uh, for my team, or if there's a better leader at that moment, get out of the way and uh, support and develop other strategies for growth. Um, but no matter what we do, I want to finish well. I want to look at when I'm 65 or 67 or 70 or average age, I think in the furniture business for retirement is like 80. Uh, but I, I want to look up and I don't want to have been uh, someone for my team that lets them down halfway along the way. Uh, I, you know, had addiction and, and almost lost my marriage just uh, uh, about eight, nine years ago. Um, and sober now clean from, from everything. But the biggest thing, and uh, I don't want to overstate that, uh, but the biggest thing that I had a, had a problem with was telling the truth. I grew up in an abusive household. Mom kind of told me it was okay to lie, and that's really not a good character trait you should develop at a young age. Uh, and so I would lie to everybody around me and create this image of uh, who I was supposed to be. Um, and then I'd be a completely different person when no one was looking. Well, that's not integrity. That's not character. Um, and regardless of where it comes from, I had to look and go, I, I, I have now almost lost my marriage. This has to change. Um, and so from that point forward, you know, for me, it's, it's my Christian faith that, that gravitates and helps me. And I was a Christian beforehand, still doing screwed up stuff and lying all the time. And I had to learn uh, my actions have consequences. And through that, um, being able to lead and have empathy for my team, I looked up and went, wow, okay. I went through this at 25. Thank God this didn't happen. I didn't have waste 40 years and have this realization 60 years in or 40 years in. I don't want to look up and find myself in a position where I've been blind for 40 years to all the rough edges of myself or my company and my people are miserable uh, and it just implodes because I think you can turn on uh, uh, turn on the news or read anything and you, you see people in leadership just failing miserably, but not for like, they're really good at what they do. They're failing because of their character uh, and, and what's important to them. And I don't want to be that guy. I, I don't want to have our company be, uh, have a news line that says, yeah, the small business grew and scaled and did amazing things, but man, they were really bad to their people and bad to their customers. And man, the ownership they were doing really gross stuff and taking advantage of people. That's that's not who I want to be. All right. Thank, thanks for your uh, vulnerability and honesty. That's a great, great answer. Um, how, with that, with that answer, like, how do you promote that to like, to your team? To the, you know, how do you promote this culture, uh, this faith based, um, caring for your customers, for each other? You know, is is there a conscious or an intentional? effort to do that or is it just let led by lead by example yeah oh man that's that's the challenge i have for for the scaling side um as we grow and add people um our core values are super important um don't you know don't just build core values because you because you want to or someone told you to uh they're not aspirational they're part of our dna I, I had to look on at your website. I, I'm, I, yeah. I was happy to see that they're actually posted right on your website. Thanks. That's, that's who we are. You know, it starts with the, the vision is where we want to go. The mission obviously is, um, you know, our mission is we want to furnish comfortable homes, uh, offer exceptional financing and share Christ's love with everyone we serve. We think we're doing stuff. Uh, and, and look, we're not a church. I'm not going to sit here and say my, my company's a church, but I've got people in my team that have gone through some really serious stuff. Um, you know, I, I have team members of diverse backgrounds, many, many diverse backgrounds that have gone through some really serious stuff, especially in keeping with the last couple of years uh, where I've had to learn as a, as a leader um, and start shutting up and listen. Um, the uh, our, our number one core value, first one, is that people matter. We believe <laughs> everyone's made in the image and glory of God and deserves, uh, they have intrinsic value just being a person. And you have dignity and deserve to be treated with respect because you're a human being. And so I, I want to um, treat people well. Uh, so leading by example, for sure. Uh, I, you know, <laughs> when I first started developing these core values, I was asking around and 
the CEO, this stuff, you know, had some ideas, business principles and stuff from the seventies. Um, but really trying to develop core values, you know, I'm asking my father-in-law, okay, if we're going to be a faith-based company, we got to pray together, which is really weird, uh, with your father-in-law coming in and your CEO. And, uh, you do not have to, I, I realize in that process, like, okay, I'm getting out of my comfort zone of being stretched to go, okay, this is who we're going to be. That's our niche. That's, that's what we do. It doesn't have to be yours. The, the biggest thing is being upfront with people on the front end, uh, and saying, Hey, we're a Christian organization. You don't have to have any faith, any faith background. You don't have to believe you can be anything you want, uh, or, or have any faith belief system, uh, to work here. But I just want you to know, my default is going to be to ask you if you're going through something, can I pray for you or how can I support you? And, uh, and if they're okay with it, I'll, I'll pray with them. And that's, that's weird. Uh, I'll, I will own that. That's a very weird thing for your boss to do or say, um, but we want to make sure that's clear up front. And we we're able to get a lot of people uh, coming through, especially with the way the world is right now. Uh, and people are really, really frustrated, angry, upset, disappointed. There's so many emotions going around and there's not a lot of outlets for that. So being able to uh, encourage, continue to say the core values until my people make fun of me for them. Um, same thing with the mission, trying to remind people um, and one of the one of the best advice I got when it comes to core values is when someone is breaking a rule, use your core values and say this is the core value that you um, you is the infraction. This is this is the problem. You broke this core value when you behaved this way. Uh, so spend a lot of time developing what are our core values going to be, uh, and then lean into conflict. Um, I've heard a lot of people. Uh, well, I've I've heard some say I eat conflict for breakfast. And kind of a machismo style of way to talk about it. No, I don't go into conflict excited. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I think there, <laughs> yeah. there may be an issue if you're going into conflict excited, right. uh, unless you know you're in the military. Like <laughs> I'm going into conflict with with my team or my people. Going, this is gonna really suck. Whatever we're gonna have to deal with, especially if it's really serious, this is gonna suck, uh, and it's not fun but the outcome is so worth it. It's like working out. It's going to suck. You're going to hate yourself for a while, but when it's done, you're going to feel so much better. It's worth it. And it's, it's better for the longevity uh, of yourself and your organization. Yeah, no, I mean, I've learned it's true. Once you get through it, you're so much better. And I think what I've learned just in conflict is to actually communicate and ask a lot of questions like, you know, why, why, how are you feeling? You know, like just kind of like instead of becoming defensive and going back to your corners, right? Um, yeah, people don't listen and ask during conflict, but yeah. It's and that's not really taught. That's when I talk to a lot of my young leaders, I'm like, hey, raise your hand if you went through conflict 101 in high school. No, I mean, like, and so if you're working with a workforce, I understand if you're working with white collar and, and uh, a different workforce, but I'm, I'm working retail. We're all, we're all in it. And um, I got a lot of people that, you know, GED or high school uh, that are crushing it in my leadership team. Uh, and we have the opportunity to just say, hey, this is how you handle conflict. Let's model it well, lean into it, do it right. And a lot of the training for that came from Entree Leadership. I'm a big fan, um, but also just telling the truth, being in it and uh, staying calm and, and really trying to get the resolution um, that you want, which is unity, unity of your team. How just talking about team? How is the staff shortages? What's going on in the world? I should say, I was going to say the country, but the world. Like, yeah. How is that impacting you? Because I like you mentioned earlier, you hire a lot of, you know, probably high schoolers, twenty somethings. I mean, is it? Do you have a lot of turnover, or is it different departments? Yeah. Uh, for sure, uh, we've definitely had our fair share of turnover, especially in sales, mm -hmm. uh, because we're we're in in this struggle to provide. Uh, leads through the front door sure. uh it's very difficult uh the ones that are making it are making it uh and we know where we're headed um and but there is a lot of grind and development of your own leads um so in my warehouse and delivery team uh there's there's regularly some turnover there my my manager out there has done an incredible job of keeping key talent and uh but there's a there's a notorious turnover especially when you 
you know, you're doing warehouse in-home furniture delivery uh, compared to making similar amounts uh, delivering small packages in a big box. Like yeah. it, it's, it's pretty tough. So we have to really truly be flexible with our team. Uh, let them know that, you know, one of our core values is family. We don't call you when you're off. I don't want you to call me when I'm off. Uh, mm-hmm. We, we keep that separate. We want you to make sure that, you know, you're able to take care of your family. You got something going on. We let you off. And it, yes. so really trying to be flexible uh, and treating our team members well um, and making sure that we don't have gossip in the organization. Gossip is one of those things that you would think it's a simple thing. Everybody does it, blah, blah, blah. No, it's not. It doesn't have to be. That thing will kill your organization and make people not want to work there. Uh, we're, we're always talking about it. in the middle of the pandemic, I was sitting there, I had a manufacturer tell me, we, we just need to accept a lower standard. Um, because it's really hard. It's so hard, so hard to get people. It's so hard to retain people. We just, you know, nobody wants to work anymore. Well, they've been saying that since the 1800s, I think New York times posted an article that showed every different article of people saying people just don't want to work. In fact, I had a, I had an AT&T technician in my building the other day explaining to me how millennials don't want to work. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm 34. Um, I'm a millennial. Right. <laughs> I'm busting my tail. So I don't know what you're talking about, but um, <laughs> it's the idea of being able to uh, love your people well and explain a really good vision and, you know, have an open hands. Um, when, when I had this guy tell me we need to accept a, a new low, I started to believe it for a second. And I had some peers in a, in a mastermind group. They were like, dude, what are you talking about? Don't accept a new low. That's what your competition's doing. Mm. You have the opportunity for that to be a key differentiator. And I went in and, and that made complete sense to me. We were having such a hard time getting um, team members to just take payments and take care of my customers in the front end because we are a lender. Uh, so that's a huge part of our, our business. Um, and so I was just like, well, maybe we just need a cashier that can just sit there and smile. No, 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 we need to have, we need to keep our standard high. Like, and people need to, we, the biggest issue people were starting to, uh, I had, I had team members that were starting to just not show up or show up late, like mm-hmm. significantly late, super hungover or whatever's going on, you know, and we're, we're trying to figure this out and going, okay, how, how do we, how do we change this uh, dynamic? And we just had to lean into our discipline in the midst of the pandemic when everyone's saying, Hey, you got to accept less. We went, Nope, we're going to stick to our standard. We're going to say, Hey, look, we love you. Do whatever you need to do. I mean, if if you're out and about call us, at least tell us, work with your team, come in late or what have you do your, do your thing. Um, And that's, that's been super helpful. Um, trying to incentivize my leadership or my company uh, for referrals. If you have really good, awesome people working for you and you pay them money to find other people, you still have to do the work with uh, Indeed or ZipRecruiter and all that other stuff. Wow. But, but I found most of my leadership uh, has come from, currently has come from this one major retailer that went out of business. And they, we just keep, they just keep finding them for me uh, and saying, hey, I got this person. What? And they're all like, oh, yeah, we used to work with it. That person was amazing. You should bring them on. And, uh, you know, it's been amazing being able to, to stay at the staff level that we want to be at. So we're currently fully staffed, just not for the new endeavor. So now I have to look into uh, all of those positions, which we probably need to hire about 10, 10 to 15 people in the next wow. few months. So, so. That, that's going to be a big cash flow crunch, too, right? Because you're, you're building yep. out this this new place, you're going to have to hire a bunch of people. So that must be tough getting through that. Even it's extremely tough. Uh, it's yeah, <laughs> it's not fun I, at all. I, I hope you do you have a, you have a good bank, a good relationship. You know, yeah, we have, we have a good financial partner. Uh, we're actually working to try to tie up, uh, some of the real estate side to try to button that stuff up. We've got it, you know, taken care of on the front end. And now we're trying to reorganize, restructure that uh, that debt for the the building and the remodel and put it all into one thing as well as try to sell and develop the uh, the property around uh, yeah. we're fortunate that the I don't, we have no business doing this stuff like my my me and my father-in-law have no freaking clue we have learned this on the job we have a great financial partner that's done development and stuff and we've seen some of my friends that went from we were at the same size and they shot up uh, to many many times our size doing some of these key things and I've been able to call them and ask them and they've given me input. Uh, so again, we're extremely fortunate. We have 
no business playing in these waters, but now we're starting to to learn them now that we're here. Um, but yeah, we're always trying to figure out better partners for uh, for lending relationships. Uh, and in the midst of these crazy waves with how lending practices have been over the last two to three years, mm. uh, it's insane. Um, but being in the AR business with customers, we're no stranger to cash flow being just always challenging. Yeah. I mean, I early in my career, I was an auditor with a big um, CPA firm. And one of my first clients was, uh, I don't know if you remember Zare or Ames stores. Ames, yeah, I remember Ames. Yeah, so they're, you know, they were like a Target or one of yeah. those stores. Um, they're out of business now. But I just remember as an auditor learning, like, their main business, a lot of it was real estate. It wasn't necessarily just the retail. A lot of it was around the real estate and where they made their money with these plazas, these 99 year leases that, you know, and leasing out space. It was, yeah, it was a whole different business. Um, but real quickly, I wanted to just circle back to the, the uh, core values. You know, sure. we, do you like, we, we practice EOS, which is a operating system. And one of the things we do, so we came up with our core values. I read them to the team and I continually read them to the team. Um, but we also, uh, on a regular basis, um, look at our employees, our team, and see how they relate back to the core values. And I'm not sure how this would work work for you, but some team members may not hit those core values, and we try to enforce it. Um, but if they don't, if they have too many kind of, you know, there's a plus and a minus, they have too many minuses, they become toxic to the team. And I don't know if you've seen that or had to deal with that, you know, when you're looking at your values and you're saying, hey, they're not, they're not hitting these. And it's just, we could tell because of the way, you know, things are happening in, in that environment, in their environment. Yeah, that's really good. Um, I am, uh, I'm going to, I'm taking note of that to, uh, to do an audit of our team. We, we do not use EOS. I know a lot of, a lot of the people that, that come on here do, uh, super interested in vetting that out. Uh, my uh, team will kill me if I try to launch anything else right now, but, <laughs> no, I, uh, but I, I am very interested in it. Um, uh, and, uh, I'm a, I'm a big reader, audiobook guy. And mm -hmm. so having the opportunity, you know, somebody once said, uh, the only difference in a year from now will be the people you surround yourself with and the books you've read. And those two things have made, I, I try to keep that in mind at all times. What we found with the core values uh, get your leadership team on board. Say it again. You got to say it so many times until your people are making fun of you for it. Mm -hmm. uh, and then when you have someone that doesn't live up to it, go to them and say, hey, our core value, uh, you know, the uh, I have I have an example, uh, permission to screw up. What are, that comes from a book by Kristen Hadid, one of the best books I've ever read on the planet uh, for business leadership. Uh, and it's the principle is, if you screw up or when you screw up, I should say, when you screw up, tell the truth, tell it yourself and tell it quickly. If I have to hear it from somebody else, that's a problem. If, uh, if you lie to me, obviously that's a problem, but just tell the truth, tell it yourself, tell it quickly. Don't wait for this to drag on. No one's ever been fired for screwing up. I've lost this company more money than any one of my team members through stupid decisions that I've made. Uh, or screw ups, we all screw up. So being able to uh, mention that I had a team member that straight up did something dumb. Uh, and it was, you know, kind of violated some gossip issue, as well as their permission to screw up. Uh, and I knew what had happened. And I just said, Hey, this is what what happened. I don't appreciate it. It doesn't work here. Here are the core values that, that are being broken. And it took probably a few minutes of conversation, direct communication for, for the team member to finally go, okay, well, I, I, I kind of did that. And you go, see, that's not okay. It's not okay to have to have this pulled out of you. Um, and after that direct conversation, it got really, really good. They took a job somewhere else pretty quick after that. I haven't had to fire that many people as long as we can get in there, have verbal warnings, coachings, mm -hmm. have written warnings when you have to, and then finally have basically an emotional firing where you're saying, hey, if you can't, if you can't abide by these core values, it doesn't make you a bad person. We don't have to get mad to break up. 
but you do have to leave. <laughs> you know, that's if you're firing them. But before then, you say, I don't know if you got what it takes to live by these core values, do you? And issue a challenge. And a lot of times people will self select out uh, and want to come back. Or uh, you got people that, you know, it's just not my company. I love my company. It's not mm -hmm. the right fit for everybody. Sure. <laughs> There's people are yeah. going to be way better suited for other jobs. So um, that's kind of how we handle it here. But uh, but I do love the regimented approach of being able to start looking at, hey, how are they? How are how is our team doing health wise, living to these standards? Uh, something I'm going to have to really, really think through. Yeah, I mean, some of the stuff you don't have to do the whole, you know, EOS system, but there are some there's a lot of pieces of it like, hey, that that makes sense. Um, you know, like our core values and I'm, like I said, I'm happy to see you have them right on your website. That's a lot of companies don't, or they don't even have core values. And that that's a bigger issue. Um, but when we're hiring people, we kind of refer back to, we well, we tell them what our core values are, but we're always looking at that. Do they, you know, for us, do they ask the why? Are they going to be a team player? There's like certain ones. And as we're going through an interview process, we're like, can we vet this out of them? Yeah. Because everyone's going to, a lot of people will tell you yes when you know when you're interviewing them that they can do things or they have certain traits, but you know we try to figure that out. So interviewing or that is, they can oh, speak another language. That's a whole other topic. Interviewing, yeah. <laughs> but cool. I just want to. I know I've spoken. We've spoken for a while, so just kind of let's talk about you real quick, and we'll wrap it up. Just where you where you from? You from Texas? You know where'd you go to school? And just just a little background and what your passions are and. Yeah. yeah, sure. So uh, born in Arlington, Texas, uh, moved up to New York, uh, lived in New York uh, from age 10 to 18, most of my formative years, uh, had lots of injuries, obviously dealt with lots of abuse. So I have had some lingering issues there in depression and uh, went back down to uh, uh, Cooper, Texas. My parents bought some land. They wanted to uh, raise alpacas, uh, which is during that alpaca boom that happened. Uh, a long time ago and that did not work uh then they wanted to raise goats so i moved down there lived down there for about a a year on my own uh going to college and uh taking care of goats on a farm um from new york so that was a quite the change um yeah, goats are very smart right they're like dogs. They're, oh uh, incredible i mean i would have goats if i could i live in the suburbs now but i can't yeah. but <laughs> uh but i loved it uh and i hated it at the same time taught me a lot um started going to texas a&m university commerce um i've broken a ton of bones uh and so i re-injured my back uh, uh withdrew from commerce and just got a job because student loans keep coming so yeah. i had to had to start paying those back and then uh was fortunate enough to uh finish school online coming back on uh, here with uh, with our current company, I was able to work through school and uh, father-in-law was uh, incredible to be able to help uh, uh, help me through that process just on the funding side and, um, and give me um, enough bandwidth and leeway to be able to, to finish that. I don't think with my ADD and my background, I could have gone to night school and made that happen uh, while still running a 40, uh, 50 hour job. So, um, definitely not well pedigreed, uh, and, uh, a lot of school of hard knocks and a lot of reading and learning from other people that did go to Princeton and Harvard and, and mm. <laughs> all these other things. Um, so, you know, that's, that's kind of an educational background. Now I live in Richardson, Texas, uh, and which is just a hop skip from, uh, from my, my store. And I have another store in a rural market. My warehouse is offsite. So traveling between those stores, um, uh, my wife, uh, my incredible wife, uh, is, uh, um, uh, is still with the company some, uh, but she's also running around trying to take care of my uh, two kids. I've got a five-year-old and a two-and-a-half-year-old. Uh, they're awesome. Wow. And, um, so my uh, uh, wife also does the brand marketing. You see her in commercials and stuff if you're ever on our YouTube channel. But um, we're also just huge nerds. Uh, so my wife and I, I've always grown up nerds, uh, love uh, tabletop RPGs, Dungeons and Dragons, anything that that you can think of. Some of the nerdiest stuff on the planet, uh, stuff that I would have gotten beat up for uh, when I was younger if I wasn't uh, as large a guy as I am. 
so we just tried to. <laughs> I'm surprised it's still around. We played D and D back when I was in high school. I love it. Yep, it was not cool back then, and it we had to hide fun. it. Uh, and there's a huge resurgence in that community now. So <laughs> we were like uh, the kids from Stranger Things. Yep, yeah. that's exactly right. We watched that for uh, for that reason. We're like, oh man, that's totally right. So it's just nerds arguing about math uh, and having great great time. So uh, cool. I spent a lot of time in my church and uh, volunteering with the kids and um, just trying to uh, develop community. Uh, and that's yeah. that's why D and D's had a resurgence because it's. It's about in-person community or virtual yeah. community. Yeah. Face to face, you're on a table. It's just, yeah. No, this has been cool. Um, I, you know, I, I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to your success. So I'd love to like come back in a year and talk to you about it too. Just, if you have a, a third or fourth store, would be kind of cool. And yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, and it's it's great to hear that like family's really big, you know, and it's in the bit whether it's in the business as, as well as your obviously personal life. I think that's awesome and you've come a long way and thanks for, for your vulnerability again your honesty this has been really good podcast i'm kind of I'm, you know it's nice it's i appreciate it thanks um, jeff love love doing it love yeah love so it. people want to connect with you you have uh your website your company website is qualityhome.com correct yeah you can send a text through there uh ask for me or you can I, my emails out there. You can just send it to Jordan at qualityhome.com. Feel free to shoot me an email. Love to connect with anybody that, uh, just like you said, entrepreneurs. We're all trying to help each other, and especially retail it takes a special breed of crazy uh, to be in retail, and uh, that, that's who I am. So, uh, would would love to connect with anybody that that um, wants to chat. You're also on LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, do you have like an Instagram or Pinterest or anything like that? No, it's that's all in my company. I do not have the time to maintain it. I tried to set up a TikTok, shot one video, and then I was like, I do not have the bandwidth to do this. We do it all for the company. So, wait, I'm curious now what the TikTok video was. <laughs> it was a video of our our building. Now we okay. do we so we did we we blew up a couch uh, oh. for July Fourth. Uh, we were trying to do anything we could to get marketing. So it's on YouTube and TikTok. Uh, and, uh, I found out in Texas, you can just buy a, they call it a target, but something called Tannerite. I knew nothing about my marketing, uh, my, my folks that help with social media, like, oh yeah, you can just get Tannerite. I was like, okay, so we need to figure out where we're going to get that, when we're going to go to this range, when we're going to set up the sofa to blow it up. Uh, and they were just like, oh no, 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 that, the, the explosive is no problem. It's just, uh, you know, we got to figure out when we're going to get there. And I was like, only in Texas is the explosive. No problem. No problem. <laughs> so, but anyways, it was it was a blast and uh, no pun intended. No pun but, yeah. yeah, yeah. The opportunity to uh, to blow that up and do weird stuff. I don't know. We're trying anything we can to try to get people in the dang door. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, again, I want to thank you. Um, I want to thank anyone who's listening or watching. And hopefully um, if you like it, subscribe, share it. Um, Hopefully we learned something today or, you know, something piqued your interest. I know I, I did. And I look forward to talking to you, Jordan, in the future. I look forward to seeing your success. And if I'm in Texas, I'm going to stop by Quality Home. Love it. <laughs> Please and, <do>. uh, <laughs> thanks again. And this has been another episode of Leaders Who Scale. And that wraps up another episode. Thank you for joining for show notes and other episodes, visit us at leaderswhoscale.com. Leaders Who Scale is sponsored by Siegel Solutions, providing world-class services and cutting-edge tools that help businesses grow and succeed.